So I just wanted to start this morning with something that I have been thinking about um, while I was sort of pre preparing this talk. Um, it's not necessarily that connected to what I'm going to talk about in a minute, but I just wanted to share this first. Um, I was looking at the nativity picture, um, the kind of traditional picture that you kind of have of the nativity scene. Um, and I was just really struck by how eclectic and the sort of diverse nature of um, the people that God had brought together to celebrate the birth of his son. There were the kings that had planned and studied and learned, and they kind of thought they knew the Jesus that they were going to meet. Then there were also the shepherds that had no idea what was about to hit them. And I kind of feel like this morning, whichever place we're in, whether we're in that place where we feel like we kind of know what we're doing here, but actually, isn't it true that every time we approach Jesus, he's so much more than what we, um, what we imagine? He's so much more loving, so much more compassionate, so much more forgiving, just so much more than anything we know already about him. And if you're sat here today not knowing who Jesus is, not really ready for this, um, I just encourage all of you, just don't be afraid to approach Jesus exactly how you are this morning. Either one is valid. Either one, Jesus loves. Um, yeah, and I just encourage you to just approach Jesus exactly how you are today. Great. So um, my name's Lydia. Um, I've been um, in this church for almost exactly three years today. Um, Matt and I were talking about this earlier. We actually came to this church um, the Sunday before we got married, the week before we got married. Um, we kind of walked in here, started talking to people, and they were like, why are you here? <laughs> you are getting married next week. You have all this stuff to do. Why are you here in a new church um, looking for somewhere to go to church? We were like, well, we just kind of thought it would be a good thing to do. And turned out it was. And we were just so welcomed by the people here. We were prayed for. We just felt so supported by people we didn't know. We felt absolutely loved and supported by um, before we got married the week after. And um, I'm happy to say that journey has continued over the past three years. We felt so loved and so supported by this church, and we're so happy to call it our home um, and sort of start our married life here together. So that's, that's been awesome. Um, yeah, that's kind of me, really. I'm 25, I work at a youth charity, not really used to sort of standing up here in front of all of these people. I was kind of hoping it would stay at the amount of people at 10.30, um, <laughs> um, but that hasn't happened, and that's good too, that's fine. Um, so this morning, I'm going to be talking about the shepherds. Um, I'm just going to read the passage um, about the shepherds, and it's quite a well-known passage, so I decided to read it in the message version. So there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set their night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town. A savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for. 
a baby wrapped in a, in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew to heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, and all who heard the shepherds were impressed. Cool. So this morning, um, I'm going to be talking about the shepherds and their place in the Christmas story. Now, these group of guys um, seem to be quite an interesting group. Um, as we read, they were kind of isolated. They were out in the fields. They lived there pretty much most of the time. It says that they lived out in the fields. And they weren't really part of any community in terms of in the town where they lived. Um, they weren't really educated, probably only in the art of rearing sheep. Um, they also wouldn't have really been able to keep up with the religious practices of the day either. Um, they wouldn't have been able to keep clean. They wouldn't have really been able to sort of follow all the Jewish law. Um, and pretty much in every aspect of life, they were on the outside. They weren't considered um, influencers. They weren't considered important. They just sort of stayed out in the fields and did their own thing. Um, I was thinking about the shepherds. I was thinking I don't think I'd make a very good shepherd. Um, personally, I like camping, which I think probably would help. Um, but also, I get a serious case of FOMO. Um, does anyone know what FOMO means? Can anyone shout out? Fear of missing out, exactly. And um, that's basically me. If I think something's going on, I don't know about it, I wasn't at that party, I wasn't there, you know, that's not a good feeling, we've all been there. And I think the shepherds would have had a serious case of FOMO. They would have come back into the town, heard about all these things, those had to be their stories, but they really wouldn't have had any idea. Um, what, it, what they were going on about. Also, another reason I don't think I would make a very good shepherd is because I don't really like the dark. I don't like creepy things. And I think if you're a shepherd, you're going to be used to sitting in the dark and hearing kind of creepy, strange noises going on around you, um, which is really not my thing. Um, <laughs> A few times um, when we first got married, those of you who know Matt might know him as a bit of a joker, a bit of a prankster, and um, we first realized that I wasn't really into pranks um, when we'd be in our small flat in Wimbledon, and all of a sudden, it would go very quiet. I'd be like, what's going on? I'd look around, go into the bedroom, couldn't see Matt anywhere, and He'd hidden somewhere, ready to jump out and scare me. And a few times after, he succeeded doing this, and I'd ended up in tears, like, don't scare me, please, I don't like it. Um, that sort of ended very quickly. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, embarrassing you. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I would make a very good shepherd. Um, so, yeah, after all this, these shepherds, you know, they had a very select um, skill set, but why was it this group of people that God had chosen to reveal this incredible moment in history to? Why was it that the people that nobody really knew, 
the people that nobody really cared about, they were the ones that God had chosen. And why was it that the people who knew nothing about the Messiah coming to earth, the ones who had not studied, not, understand this, not understood this, why were they the ones to be treasured with this um, amazing moment? For me, this is one of the amazing examples of how the kingdom of God is just so upside down and back to front to what we know and what we imagine. God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds, and it just shows how much we miss about God's character every day. Um, In the Message Bible, this event, um, this section was called an event for everybody. And that is one of the things God was doing in this moment. He was showing us that in the whole of history, in the whole of, you know, amazing moments, you matter, everybody matters. And it's the people who are the forgotten ones, the people that we don't really maybe care about that much. They were the ones that Jesus and that God had chose to reveal Jesus to. Nobody is overlooked. Nobody gets forgotten. And in the kingdom of God, things are just upside down to what we imagine. I think this also really pointed to how Jesus then went on to treat the people around him during his time on earth. He saw the elite and the powerful, but wanted to speak to those who were outcast. We see this when he's speaking to the Samaritan woman, which is one of my favorite stories of Jesus. I just think it's amazing. Um, Somebody who was really the lowest of the low, outcast by her community, ashamed by her past. That's who Jesus reached out to. And we see it again when Zacchaeus, the tax collector, met Jesus. He, he wasn't poor, he wasn't really, you know, he had a good life, but he was a liar, he was a cheat, he wasn't respected, and that's who Jesus chose to eat with and chose to transform his life. So we can see that God revealing himself to the shepherds in this way was just such an incredible starting point for all Jesus was going to do um, in his life and does for us every day. Um, it says in 1 Corinthians that God chose things the world considered, considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. We can see this all throughout the Christmas story, the kingdom of God breaking through onto earth and flipping things upside down. Um, We can just see this straight away. The young lone woman given the task of carrying um, God's son. The king of kings born in a stable with no place to call home. And the outcast, the people with no influence, um, ignored by the religious elite, They were honoured with being the first messengers of the light of the world. They weren't educated. The shepherds were not very articulate. But they were the ones treasured with the task of sharing this amazing news. And God's mission was alive and well from day one. So, a few bits about the shepherds. But also, I think the shepherds also really knew the importance of God's mission. So... They heard the news, 
They didn't question it. Their hearts were open and they knew what they had to do. They had to go and tell others about what they'd seen. So thinking about mission, um, this year I've been doing a course, a theology course around mission and missional leadership. It was a sort of part-time course over a few weekends. And this has just really opened my eyes to what mission is really about in my life. Um, just understanding that this is not about somewhere to go, something extra to do, but it's actually understanding the context I live in um, and sharing God in that context. The reason Jesus came to earth was to save us. Hopefully we've heard that somewhere before. Um, and he came to rebuild the relationship between us, people on earth, and God. Jesus' number one priority was to tell and transform people's lives, and I think this should be our number one priority too. The shepherds knew, what, knew that they had to share what they'd seen. They understood the significance and what had taken place. And all through Jesus' time on earth, people encountered him, their lives were changed, and they knew they had to tell other people about him too. I think that is what we need to understand. We need to understand God's love fully, his saving grace fully in our lives, and then share it with those around us. When I started this course in April, I kind of thought that they would tell me maybe a project, I should do an activity, or you should say X, Y, and Z, that's how you do mission. However, I couldn't have been further from where I've ended up now at the end of, of this year. I learned the mission isn't about taking on something extra, taking on another, sort of squeezing in something into my already busy schedule. Um, it was about learning how to live out the kingdom of God right here, right now, where I am. I thought this was going to be pretty simple. I can do that, definitely. I could just need to make some minor changes to my life. However, I found that it wasn't quite as simple as I first thought. This was about changing my life, to change my life into a missional lifestyle, living intentionally, um, befriending my neighbors, smiling at those who passed me in the street, which doesn't happen very often, um, and really blessing people with those small gestures that you really don't get that much um, in London. I had to change my whole mindset. So how was I going to show Jesus to the people around me when 90% of the people that I hung out with already knew Jesus? <laughs> this was my first problem. Um, and how was I going to bless anyone in my community when I was actively not engaging <laughs> with the people around me? I didn't want to be the weird one that said hello and got blanked. Um, however... This wasn't really what God was calling me to. Um, I wasn't being called to carry on in a comfortable, safe lifestyle. God was calling me to step out of my comfort zone and to connect and to show the kingdom of God to um, those around me. So changing your lifestyle is a pretty hard thing to do. So I was thinking about where else do I see people changing their lifestyle rather than just adding on a little bit um, you know, a little activity here and there. And I thought about, as some of you may know, I'm quite into sport um, and kind of fitness. And I think a lot of people say when they sort of start up running that first it started to be like, you know, just another activity, but then it kind of became their lifestyle. 
And thinking about that, I definitely connect with that. I started doing sport when I was a young child, and really it's become my lifestyle now as an adult. I kind of feel a bit weird when I haven't, you know, watched sport on TV or gone and done some sport. Um, and I, I just really enjoy it as part of my life, um, apart from when I'm losing, um, but that's a different matter. Um, so, yeah, these are all sort of ways that we can bring something into our lifestyle. Also, if you know someone who's a really strong football supporter, you'll probably know that is more than just a hobby you know you don't change football to fit around your lifestyle you change your lifestyle to fit around football and mission in my life was not an optional extra anymore it was something that I needed to breathe walk talk live this wasn't an optional extra in my life so how did I do this I started with the small things started smiling at the person next to me um, started to say hi to the person in the lift. Now, this didn't start as a, oh, hi, how are you? This kind of started as one of those hellos where you kind of just mouth it. Like, Hello. you know, you, don't, you can't really say it just yet, but I was on a journey. Um, and I started to um, just sort of make these small connections with people around me in my building, where we live. Um, and there's one of the things I thought which would be a really great place to talk to people was on the bus. Now, we have a residence minibus um, in our development for some reason um, that takes you to Putney Station. So I thought, great, this is where I'm going to start chatting to people and making some new friends. So the first time I got on the bus, it stops at two places and I didn't know which one was first. So we stopped and I kind of went, oh, excuse me, which stop is this? And I was completely blanked by every single person on the bus. I was like, hmm, okay, this is going to be harder than I thought. Um, and I sort of kept asking, and then we missed that stop. So I kind of said to the driver, like, which stop was that? It was the one I wanted. Um, so then I had to walk back. But anyway, that was a bit annoying. But a few, time, a few goes later... I came home one day to Matt, and I was like, Matt, Matt, I had this really great experience on the bus. He was like, oh, okay, what happened? Who did you speak to? What, what did you say? I said, oh, well, I was in the line, and I said to the person behind me, after you. And they said, no, after you. And I went, okay, and got on the bus. <laughs> and Matt was like... Lydia, that isn't a conversation. I was like, no, but it is. It's so much better than when they all blanked me. Um, and that's how I started. So I just started making those little bits of conversation, the little smiles, the little hellos, and gradually this grew into me walking up to a complete stranger in the gym and asking them if they wanted to come for a run with me. This was a very scary moment. Um, didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I just thought it might be something that God was asking me to do. So um, this woman was great. She wanted to go for a run. I kind of told her a little white lie that there was a group of us doing this. At this point, there wasn't. It was just me and her. Um, so once she agreed, I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to find some other people here. This is a bit of a problem. Um, but... I managed to find a few extra people, and one, uh, about a week later, I um, was walking down my corridor about to meet three women to go for a run around Richmond Park with. I really, really thought, what am I doing? 
Why am I walking here, about to go for a run with three strangers that I've never met, I've never even spoken to? What am I doing? Why am I crazy? Um, But I realized that the answer to all my questions, obviously, was Jesus. This was about something bigger than myself. It's something bigger than just going for a run with somebody. This was about sharing the kingdom of God with the people around me in the smallest of ways, in the smallest of moments, in the smallest of encounters. How was I sharing the kingdom of God with these people around me? And we didn't have crazy deep chats on our run. I didn't pray for them. I didn't really tell them that much about Jesus. But I do feel like something of the kingdom of God was shared with them. I was able to share some peace, love, and joy, and just ask for nothing in return. So, checking the time. So, um, this morning... I just want to encourage you guys to think about what is your mission um, this Christmas and what is God calling you to this Christmas. I think the most amazing thing that I found about mission is that God is already doing it. He was doing it from, you know, I don't know when, the beginning of time, I guess. He was planning his mission from when Jesus was born in the manger. Um, This is something God's already doing. We just need to join in with that. This isn't about adding something else into your life, squeezing something into an already busy, busy schedule. We've all heard Neil's talks this year about margin in our lives and creating that time um, and not rushing around from place to place to place. But this is about changing our lifestyle into a way to share the kingdom of God with those around us. God is already at work in your neighbor, your work colleagues, and your family. He's already speaking to people, changing their hearts, their minds, um, right now, right now. All we need to do is ask God to show us where he is moving and join him. This may look different for each person. You may have felt God prompting you to do something um, but you haven't really got round to it yet. Or maybe there's something in your mind right now that's coming, that's coming back into your heart. Um, and I think these are the areas where God is calling you to. They might be really small in our eyes. Like for me, it was smiling to people. Like that is so small. But as I've said, the amazing thing about the kingdom of God is that it's upside down to what we imagine. So the smallest things to us are where God may work the most. He may change history in the birth of a tiny baby without a home, um, and he may just change someone's life through the smallest of encounters they have with you. The incredible thing about mission and listening to where God is working is that not only, hopefully, it will start to build the faith of those around you, but it also builds your own faith too. There's the phrase, take a leap of faith. And I really felt like I was stepping out of my comfort zone and taking a a small leap of faith um, this year. But I've kind of found that actually, in my experience, it's about taking a leap and then you watch your faith grow afterwards. Every time I step out in something I think the Lord is asking me to do, maybe like this morning, um, my faith is strengthened. 
Um, I'd really encourage you this morning that if you're feeling like your faith is weak, that you don't have anything to offer. Um, That is just not what it is at all. God will use you for wherever you're willing um, to, to whatever you're willing to do for him. And I really think your faith will be strengthened and you'll be amazed at where God is already at work. Isn't it true that every time we hear stories of people um, stepping out, I mean, just this morning, it's amazing to hear a little bit of your story. Um, and I'm sure all of our faith has been strengthened by hearing about that. And as we look at mission, we have to also make sure that we're looking to Jesus. We need to keep rediscovering who Jesus is, who he was while he was um, on earth. Through so many different ways, Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. And again, this was sometimes in small ways. This was sometimes in radical, amazing, incredible ways. Um, But it wasn't always in the way we expected either. As we've um, discussed some of the examples this morning, but I just keep remind—I just encourage you to keep reminding yourself about how Jesus did his mission. Just reread some of these encounters that Jesus had with people. It's incredible, and this was his lifestyle. This was how he talked, walked, breathed. Like this was part of him in everyday interactions, pointing people to the kingdom of God. It says in Philippians 2, I know, again, hopefully we all know this off by heart by now, um, but it says in Philippians 2, um, verse 13, for it is God who works in you. And as I keep saying, this isn't about us. This isn't about what we can do. God is already at work in those around us, and he's already at work in us too. So, to sum up, The shepherds were pretty standard guys. These were not important people, possibly even less than standard, let's say. Um, They were isolated, uneducated members of society. They weren't valued, but God valued them. He chose them to reveal some pretty big important news and invited them to share with others who they had met and what they'd experienced. God's mission was on the move from day one, and it's still on the move today. So I would encourage you to rediscover who Jesus was, who he is now, and rediscover his mission on earth today in your lives and in your lifestyle and in your context. Know that God is It is God that already is at work in you, and it is God already at work in others. Listen to the Lord. Don't ignore where the Holy Spirit is prompting you, where he's pointing that finger at your heart. Don't ignore that, but draw your attention to it and join in with God's mission this Christmas.